Hello again and welcome to another episode of College Football Down Under. My name is Aaron Kemp and as always, I am joined by Will Murden. How is it going tonight, Will? I'm good, thanks my friend. How are you doing over there? Uh, yeah, okay, we're a day late here. I, I, like, I like the Wednesday night and I, I was thinking to myself the other night when, when we're recording or, sorry, about to go and, and start recording and I was like, hey... We I'd like sometimes our recap show is a little bit changeable on on the day we do it, but our preview show has been rock solid all year. And then I fucking dropped the ball, so I do apologise about that, people out there that are choosing to listen. Um, if you're not, couldn't say I'd blame you, but th- thank you for actually joining us. That's been great. But I, we do apologise that it is a day late. That is all my responsibility. Yeah, people hanging out for this for sure. Uh, I'm certain they've been like trawling the web to see what happened to one of us. Uh, we're, we're still here. We're still around the place. Uh, Aaron, just... Uh, All right. Just um, this is the week 11 preview as Will goes to throw me directly under a moving vehicle there. Uh, we would like to uh, thank Burnley Brewing, our sponsors for this show, Vault Studio Podcast. And as always, hit us up at CFB Down Under, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Leave us a five-star review. Subscribe to the show as well. Big picture look at things in week... F- I've got, like, I nearly said week five there, in week 11. But before we get to that, a couple of updates. The Fox, how how's it going? Still alive? Yeah, so... And feeding uh, nicely. Not not recording last night, um, but I was, I was I was on the the couch uh, catching up on some TV. Uh, this is like seven o'clock, so still well and truly light. I look out my window that looks under the driveway, and the fox is just like running around, having a great time. It's it's bright like daylight, and this thing's just having a, a jolly good time. It's just taken over my front yard. This is there's one. There's at least four, so I've seen four together at the same time. I don't know how many. This, the sum total could be much larger than that. We have called the council. The council essentially said, uh, d- like, remove its food source. Yeah, thanks. Cheers. I've, I've got like a thousand possums in my backyard. You won't let me kill them. What the f- like? I don't know what what to do there. Like, clear out all the br- like the shrubbery. It's not really an option. Like, we've got a shit ton of shrubbery. But all right, we'll have a crack at that. Uh, and then they've essentially said, not our problem. Speak to uh, Department of Environment. We called them. Like they gave us a number. We called them. They said, nah, not us. Speak to someone else. And we've, we've just been given the runaround. So we got nothing. We got so nowhere. So shoot them then. So well, shoot them. I think that's kind of what they're like. They're, they're not allowed to say it, but they're kind of <laughs> like you know just nudging you towards it, giving you the old wink. Um, but <laughs> leaving but, a loaded gun on your doorstep for you exactly exactly so yeah not not, not a whole heap of progress in that space uh, maybe we'll just sell the house I don't know <laughs> good um, just wanted to circle back to Aaron's inventions here uh, because I whilst I've sort of rethought the paint mm-hmm. <laughs> pour mm-hmm. a sitch. Mm-hmm. What I was kind of going for, and this probably didn't come across, is like a can with an inbuilt paint pour. Uh, would be okay. the logical thing. Like that's that's where I was going with. It. I don't. Yeah, okay. I clearly didn't make that clear. Okay. But, uh, so I think I think there's still okay. a market there. The so, uh, band aid you've, uh, <laughs> I've, I've, that's on the uh, cutting room floor. I think that one. So I've I've also spent a bit of time. I went in on this action. 
uh, and I've thought about it. And a lot of great uh, inventions are, are brought about due to necessity, right? And, and we've just hit on a hot topic in my life at the moment. And it's this fucking, this pest problem that I've got. It's the, it's the fox problem. So in terms of an invention that would be really handy for me. No, 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 no. This is like, this is genuine. I think there's something to this. Is okay. some sort of like high pitched frequency machine that's okay for you and me. But I can go drop it near their hole and it just like explodes their little fucking brains. Or like at least just gives them like irritation to the a point where they're like, I, exactly right, I can't hang around here anymore. Like, you know how they've got it for sharks? Yeah, like a shark shield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I want that, but a fox shield, a fox fence. <laughs> I don't have yeah. a lot of F letters in my vocabulary, but... Uh, <laughs> I think there's something there, right? Where I could just kind of I mean, have that and that would be I a think deterrent like, Why don't you them? just do that? There are the, those high-frequency emitters that just squeal but, away. But is there a Fox one? Like, I'm thinking for this invention, you'd have, like, a little dial tone. And, like, obviously, we're going to have to spend some time in the lab here. We're going to need to get some some lab pests so, so we could catch these foxes, put them in the lab. We could get some mice. What are other animals like bees people don't like bees we could get some but a bees. lot of people like bees they're like a critical part of ecosystems but so. some people don't like them some people want them gone so we could get all of these like in our lab rabbits rabbits would have been good okay rabbits i'm good with too and then we'll test these machines next to them and watch their little heads go explode and then, apparently watch their heads ideally explode. ideally I don't that's think you're best getting case. that through ethics by the way but anyway the, but is that how it works? Do you need ethics? I mean, they put lipstick on monkeys and shit still, so I don't. Uh, yeah, I don't I'm know. oil. I'm oil and gas. I ain't too many ethics. Um, but <laughs> we we have this, so it's like a turn dial, right? And you just turn it around to the picture of the animal that you want head, like not having a great time, and then you just turn it on, and and all your problems are solved. Okay, interesting. Battery operated. Solar. Solar. We're, we're, okay. we're a big renewable uh, advocate here at <sighs> this, this podcast. Listen <laughs> okay, interesting. I uh, I feel like A, that is available. B, how many people are using that as opposed to just blowing the brains out? I've got a need. Like I would I would buy it. So there's one. There's a sale. Yeah, but did you know okay. did you know Melbourne is the fox capital of the world? The city of Melbourne. There's a fun fact for you. I, I did not know that. See, I, see, when I go in on these inventions, I fucking do some research, my friend. I, I get after it. I, I come to you with some facts. All right. I'll, I'll put mine... I'll, I'll just put a pin in mine at the moment and we'll just wait on it. I'll, I'll come back to it in our recap show because um, I've got one as well, which is born out of also necessity and having a child. So uh, it's, it's, a, it's a big market. It's a big it's, market. Yeah, it is. It's a little bit uh, Wallace and Gromit-like, I feel. Okay. So I like the creepy, teaser. People are going to have to definitely listen into the next show, aren't they? Yeah, it's not like a Rube Goldberg machine thing, but it sort of feels like something that... Which one was Wallace and which one was Gromit? Gromit's the dog, right? I don't know. Oh, <laughs> mate, you got like kids that... Anyway. We don't watch Wallace uh, and let's... Gromit, mate. What is this? <laughs> the 80s? Like, is it... Oh, sorry we don't watch Thomas the Tank Engine with every single race, gender, and sexuality covered in that show. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You're making that sound like it's a bad thing. I support that. I think it's fantastic. 
Do you? Because we can go back a couple of episodes. <laughs> I would suggest otherwise. I'm a constantly evolving human, trying to better myself every day. Let's get to some news. <laughs> Don't have much. Scott Frost has been backed in by the AD at Nebraska. Um, he did have to take a pay cut and cut f- like four staff members, um, but he's done that. <laughs> and Hey, we like Scott Frost again. So um, they're kind of... Yeah, supporting him and, and his renewed efforts or continual efforts, I suppose, to get Nebraska back to relevance. Yeah, I don't hate this. I don't hate the what the Big Ten is doing as a gen, uh, like the direction that they're taking. So we saw it with Harbour. There's been like a lot of media noise that he should be going. A bit of bit of fan noise too. Same now with uh, Frost at Nebraska I think it's like not focusing on the externals thinking doing an honest review of your program and what you think's best and and disregarding all of that external bullshit I think that seems to be what they've done in these cases uh, and they're backing in a guy to give him a bit more rope to get after it and and try and and try and turn things around we've seen what happens to some of these programs when they're constantly just a revolving door uh, at the head coach position it's it's not a recipe for success this is not a quick fix when you kind of get yourself in this position so I, I support this move uh, and hopefully they can start to turn some of these seven point or less losses into wins yeah, I, I think Scott Frost is okay for another couple of years. And the reality is for coaches, most of them get fired. Like 99% of coaches get fired and you just end up in a cycle of or three to five year cycle of hiring and firing. Uh, and that's the way kind of college football is. So you're spot on. Like you go back three years and you think like uh, Gary Patterson. There's there's no way you'd be thinking he'd be a guy that'd be getting fired from from the program. Or uh, was it Gus Malzahn at uh, mm, Auburn. at Auburn? Like he was a few years. At, like even Ed O. I know you've kind of alluded to it, but he was two years removed. For like a season and a half removed from a national championship fired it's it's a tough game uh, yeah it is and uh it, it is a weird one and these names come and go and you know we've heard them all before and and they will majority of them will disappear off to insignificance and relative anonymity um in the in the coaching football world um they'll get head coaching jobs again but again reality is like where's charlie strong now he was one of the hottest names in college football i think he still is in college football but he was one of the hottest names and got hired by texas tom herman was one of the hottest names again another texas hire or hiree um and he kind of fizzled out and and flamed out there and you, and the same goes for all these guys whether it was fuente or norvell at florida state or willie taggart at uh oregon or you know, whoever, we can keep going round and round and round with this, but reality is, is most, take Kevin Sumlin, uh, most coaches will go and get fired. Manny Diaz. Well, not fired yet, but it's coming. Um, so, I mean, you can just scroll through teams um, and, and see who... Anyway, let's fucking push on here to week 
five. No, not week five. Week <laughs> eleven. I'm having some real issues here with <laughs> week what? five. We're going, oh, what is the connection? Help I don't, I don't know. Like it's just the grind of a long ass <laughs> season, and the fact it's, that this this week is like pretty important. You know what it is? I'm going to put this out here. Here's my reason. There are five key games this week. Five ranked matchups in week eleven. Um, and the rest are fucking scrap meat in lots of ways. Uh, so yes, there are some good games. I am like I don't think there's any must-watch ball really this weekend. I think whilst there's the five ranked matchups, there's nothing really moving, pumping blood to the loins uh, for me. I don't think, and certainly from a a shaping of college football this weekend. Yes, we'll know more, but it's not going to expedite the process any more than any other normal week. So let me stop fucking around and let's get on with it. Number eight, Oklahoma head to Waco to take on number 12, Baylor. I think this game defines Oklahoma's season. This is an undefeated Sooners outfit. If they can come out and beat Baylor on the road and convincingly, their bid for the playoff becomes much, much, much stronger. Or on the flip side, they stay who they have been this year. And that is an up and down outfit. Struggled to play a full four quarter effort. And then if they do lose, it just confirms to the playoff committee that they've done the right thing by keeping them at number eight. But how do you think this one plays out, Will? Yeah, look, I think things are really tracking quite well for the Sooners in this one. So Baylor earlier in the season, I believe, were travelling a little bit better than what they are now. They're obviously coming off of a disappointing loss to TCU where they were favoured in that one uh, and are licking the wounds a little bit there, whereas uh, Oklahoma are coming off the bye. They'll be coming in hot, would have prepped themselves for a big three-game slate they've got with Baylor, Iowa State, Oklahoma State to really define how this season's going to shape up for them. Everything to me is is trending. Oklahoma should be hitting this one up and about and primed and ready to go. Caleb Williams is getting all the first team reps now. Like this is not a guy who's come in and, and showing excellence. He's getting all of that work. So a full two week block between games there of that I think can only help a, a guy in his position with as limited. Uh, exposure that he's had so that's a big thing for me interestingly this line's really been crunched in so I think it opened up around five and a half uh, uh, for Oklahoma and is now into one and a half Uh, so a lot of money going the Baylor way a lot of people uh, projecting Baylor to give them fits here that's pretty significant to see absolutely four whole points that's that's a lot of movement it is, it is indeed, and I expect to see that kind of to continue to shift around a little bit. Wouldn't surprise me if Oklahoma bite back a little bit more there and, and take some. I think for me, it, they're the ones that I'd be leaning in this one. Just Caleb Williams has shown some really good stuff. If you take out that Kansas game, he has been fantastic at his time uh, in the Lincoln Riley offense. So. I'll back that in to continue. Baylor have been a, a good team this year. They've been above average, uh, above average, absolutely. But there have been some cracks in there. There have been some flaws. I think Oklahoma are going to be able to score. They're not going to be able to keep pace with them. Uh, so, so give me the Sooners in this one. Okay, number 14, Texas A&M at number 16, Old Miss. If I did have to pick a game to watch, this one would be it. This is in the mid-morning, actually, here. So a bit of a later kick in or on central australian time i do not love this matchup for old miss one little bit 
We've mentioned it in the past. Their lack of ability to stop the run with only three down linemen really leans into what Texas A&M have been able to do in recent weeks, and that's run the ball uh, effectively with Isaiah Spiller and Devin A-Chain. They should see a lot of work in this one. Not only that, but this is a team that is on the improve. Not only just running the ball, but their gameplay overall in general, both defense, offense, special teams, they've got momentum, whether you believe in it or not. Uh, and, and certainly they've got weapons, particularly in that running game. Uh, the comparison here is Arkansas. They both played 3-3-5 defense, and Arkansas managed to hold on to that win 20-10 against Texas A&M earlier in the season. And this was behind a defensive line that got after Zach Calzada early on in his maybe his first start. They dropped eight into zone and forced him to you know fit the ball into tight windows to win the game and and squeeze squeeze those windows and and get home with a good pass rush. I don't think Ole Miss are going to be able to do that because Texas A&M will have learned from that. If you're going to drop eight, the Aggies are going to run the ball all day and it gives Zach Calzada some space to go play action or um, take his time to work his way into the game. So you're going to see uh, an improvement from him, a better game plan by Texas A&M. And like that, I guess that's kind of my take on the Aggies offense with the Old Miss versus the Old Miss defense. And I think the Aggies have got the edge there in terms of certainly coaching, in terms of personnel, uh, and in terms of defensive structure and scheme. Um, how does the other side of the ball kind of fare in this one in terms of Matt Corral and Ole Miss offense versus a very, very good Texas A&M defense? Yeah, look, Matt Corral is both one of our favorites. He's been fantastic this year, and he's been able to put up points. But I think what we're starting to shy away from quite quickly is the fact that this Ole Miss team is beat up. So last week they played a Liberty side who they obviously outmatched uh, in the player personnel department even with a depleted roster. And because of that fact, I, I think we've kind of forgotten about some of the injury concerns that they've had. They still exist. This team is still, in my eyes, a little bit underdone. And Texas A&M is only two and a half point underdogs here, I think are a team that is traveling really, really well at the moment. So on the back of that Alabama win, they then gone and smacked Missouri. They've gone and comfortably uh, beaten South Carolina, a team who proved to be not too bad after beating Florida uh, the following week. And then they comfortably got over the top of Auburn there. So this is one of the hottest teams in the country right now, Jimbo Fisher's uh, group. On the other side, like as we mentioned, Matty Corral's flying, Old Miss is doing okay, but uh, I, I just have some question marks. I think they're in a bit of pain. Like it's, it's all, uh, sorry, A&M for me in this one. They had the LSU victory where they were comfortable and looked good. LSU weren't traveling well at that point. They lost to Auburn. Uh, we talked about the Liberty one. I, I just think these are two programs that, yes, quite similarly built, like both on good paths at the moment, both head men who know what they're doing. But Texas A&M, absolutely flying. I've got a lot of faith in that team at the moment. Ole Miss, injuries, question marks. Matty Crow is going to need to pull something special with Lane Kiffin in order to, to get this one over the line. Are you going to bet this one? I feel like you're very strong in your convictions here. Like A&M by more than a touchdown. I don't know where the line's at here. Yeah, I, I've got them in here. I do, yes. What's what's the, what's it at at the moment? Two, two and a half. To Texas A&M? Yes. 
Mate, you, like, can you tell me, when I get to the end, when I get to my little bloody on the punt section, can you tell me which of my five you like the least and I'm going to put Texas A in it. Oh, actually, no, but you're betting them. So yeah, I'm taking. I'm going to go Ole Miss plus the points, obviously. It's not a bad All way right. of going. <laughs> All right, let's move on. 17, Mississippi State at number 13, Auburn. Early kick this one. Set the alarm clocks and get up in the middle of the night. I still think good things are coming from Mississippi State. I don't know if this will be their week, though, which sucks because eventually some at some stage your week has to be this week. It wasn't last week, and I don't know if this one is their week either. Now, again, you know how I feel about Auburn. Will, everybody who listens to this show does, but they seem a little bit more comfortable. Bo Nix is more comfortable at home. Auburn seemed to play a little bit better at home. I know they've beaten LSU on the road and Arkansas on the road and um, you know they lost to Georgia at home but there's just something about Auburn playing there on the plains that they seem to show up a little bit more I know that's so intangible and and real lack of analysis there from a uh, a numerical quantitative standpoint but um, it just feels that way with these with this Auburn team and we saw them um, come out and, and play really well at home a uh, couple of weeks ago. I think Mississippi State are good enough to beat Auburn, though, um, who, you know, looked... Auburn looked really totally overmatched against that disciplined Texas A&M defense. And, and discipline is probably not the best adjective here because it implies that A&M like talent and dynamic playmakers and the ability to create havoc. And that certainly isn't the case with Texas A&M last week. And I think Mississippi State have got that ability as well to create a bit of havoc play. Um, they're not built the same, obviously. Mississippi State, 3-3-5. Texas A&M play more that 4-2-5 or 4-3. Um, certainly some bigger bodies up front and better along the defensive line. But the Bulldogs are giving up the same amount of yards per play against the run. And that can really lean into stopping Tank Bigsby, Jacquez Hunter, and Sean Shivers. And if you can stop those guys, we saw how successful Texas A&M was last week. Because you forced the ball into Bonix's hands and you make life really, really uncomfortable for him. So if they can do that, if they can follow that game plan, if they can follow the map there of stopping the run with that 3-3-5 defense, which is becoming so much more popular in college football at the moment, you get Auburn behind the chains, you bring blitz pressure on known passing downs against Bo Nix, and I think Mississippi State can win this game. Do I think they will? Probably not. But it feels like it's the sort of game that could come down to five or six plays and whoever wins those whether it's a, a a sack fumble that the offensive line falls on rather than the defensive line or you know an interception that should be picked or a missed tackle here and there whatever it is comes down to five or six plays if Mississippi State make an offer of those I think they can win I just don't think they will on the road this week yeah look I tend to agree with you two very inconsistent teams so it's tough to really get a good read one way or the other uh, you, you are spot on. Auburn have grown an extra leg at home this year. Uh, they're 4-1 and one in, in the matchups there, and they've won every game against the spread uh, on those home contests. So they are Even looking good. Georgia Southern, Georgia State, whichever one that they nearly fucking lost. Oh, they probably did in the end, didn't they? Yeah, well, I think I've, I've got 3-0 and against the spread, and I think they had a couple of like pick'em games there too that they, they yeah, got okay. on top of. So... They, um, they've looked good, and, and they've done what they need to do at home, certainly much better. Mississippi State, a bit similar in that they look really good at home too, and, and they've had a good run there, not so much away from home. So I'm kind of leaning that too. I, I tend to agree that this could 
could be a tight game, could go uh, either way. The four and a half point line could come into play, so I'd, I'd definitely be looking to take that if I, if I were betting Mississippi State. I'm not. I'm steering clear of this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bonix for me, I think the, the difference here, though, is that, yes, they could stop the run, but what A&M were also able to do is really make him uncomfortable. They were able to get after him in, in that passing situation, whereas I'm not sure Mississippi State can match that same level. I think, like, from a run defensive point of view absolutely but i don't know they have that same lethal get after the the quarterback uh streak that a&m did and as a result bonix might be able to do a little bit more get enough get it going get some points on the board and uh auburn get over the top in this one yeah i, I yeah i agree I, I think the 335 does allow you to bring different pressure packages if you can get them behind the chains i think that's the key like if you're gonna line up on third and an awkward distance third and three third and two and try and blitz off of that and and it's a true pass rush it, it can get ugly for you um so i think yeah you got to get him behind the chains and, and we we saw the same thing happen a couple of weeks ago but auburn looks so good if they can jump out the gates early and mississippi state have allowed that to start the year they've you know they've had the the doors blown off them and if that happens bo nix is going to cruise you can't let him get comfortable um but yeah give me the tigers in what could be an entertaining game right number 19 nc state at number nine wake forest obviously the demon deacons coming off their disappointing loss to unc last week but this is the division championship on the line here north carolina handled uh, or sorry, NC State, I apologize, handled Florida State last week on the road. I've mentioned this in the past, but double road games back-to-back are not great. NC State now have to go and do that and play Wake Forest. How? Where do you come down on this one? It's going to be a night game in Winston-Salem. Uh, and can the Deeks recover and lock up the ACC Atlantic? Yeah, look, Wake Forest uh, favourite in this one, but I actually am leaning NC State. And the reason I am is behind that defence, the, that, the best defence in the ACC that they have there. They've been Second really... best, but yes. Uh, behind who? I think Syracuse have got the number one defence in the ACC. That doesn't sound right. That, uh, if we're talking points per game, it's definitely the Wolfpack with only I'll, six... I'll bring them up. Bring 16 points uh, conceded per game. Uh, obviously, Wake Forest have just been a juggernaut on the offensive side, averaging around about 45 points a game, which is just nuts. But I think the level of competition that they've played against in order to pump those numbers up is certainly down on what they're going to face here with this NC State team. I think they are a good unit. They got got by your boys uh, in Miami there, which would have been disappointing for them because that really kind of held them back in, in being able to control and clean if they were able to win this one. Neither team can. Uh, it's uh, corrected. NC State, I apologise. I, I really like the, the matchup for them here. Yes, Sam Hartman's been playing really well. Yes, they've been running it over, but they're not going to have it all their way this week. And like to, to counter that, Wake Forest defense is fucking atrocious. Like it is not good, oh, and yeah. NC State can put up points. So I think the combination of the fact that NC State will be able to score uh, and, and keep pace, and they're going to be able to prevent Wake from just having their way and, and putting up points at will, like they have been, has me leaning NC State heavily in this one. 
Uh, I respectfully, as always, disagree, I think. And, and I mean, you've touched on most of the points here that I was going to make is do you, I guess, do you take an elite offense? Because they are, they're number three in the country, although my numbers apparently are all wrong. Uh, you, you take the number three offense in the country and a below average defense, or you take a good offense and a good defense. NC State did get found out by Miami, and I think Wake Forest's um, offense is far more dynamic, far more explosive than what Miami's is. Uh, but it is that defense that's a bit of a concern. But I, uh, Wake Forest at home, yeah, I like, don't know. I mean, I, I could see this going either way. I, I'm not leaning heavily one way or the other, but I'd probably go Deeks here. What, what's the one win on Wake's uh, schedule that you point to to give you confidence in this matchup? Like, who can you point to that they've played that it's the same class as NC State? Like, the quick answer is it doesn't exist. They have not played someone of that caliber this year. Probably the closest you'd get is UNC, and they're not as good as North Carolina, and they lost to them last week. I know that was a road game, and it was tight, and they were up by three scores, so, like, it's, it's not a great measuring stick. But, like, Wake's, Wake's position here could quite easily not be the case had they met some of these teams earlier in the season and and i just think yes you know they're, you think they're, they're a mirage then i think a little bit i do think a little bit that they are interesting i mean you might you make a fair virginia i mean virginia are okay and that's a really high scoring offense as well and they held them to 17 points win that game by 20 but florida state been disappointing louisville by a field goal Syracuse in overtime, Army in a ridiculously high-scoring game, Duke suck, and then UNC. So I like I hear the point you make. Um, I would avoid betting this one completely, but I do believe in Sam Hartman, and I think if if Sam Hartman can put up forty points, I don't know if NC State are making. The, I mean, their offense is good as well. Lear has been good, um, but I I just I don't think the NC State are going to score 40 points in this one. And there's a chance Wake Forest score on, you know, nine out of 11 or 12 possessions. Like, that could happen. So, you know. They'll find it tough against this defense. That's all I'm saying. But I think this is going to be Night a, fa game, faci a fascinating yeah. matchup. Yeah, should be. Number 20, Minnesota. Number 22, Iowa. Let's keep this short. Uh, Iowa have scored 31 points in the last three games. So, if they keep av that average up, Minnesota can definitely win this game, 11 to 10. Um, but, like, this is a shit Big Ten matchup that no one really cares about, even though it's significant in the space of the Big Ten West. Minnesota have been good at running the ball, playing good defense. They rank 15th in the country in points allowed. The Iowa offense is 95th in the country in scoring. But most of that came against Maryland where they scored 51 points. Now, if you take that game out of the equation, I know you can't do that. And I hate when people do that normally. But if you take that outlier out, as all good statisticians do, they fall to 105th in the country in scoring. So a big drop there of 20 spots is shows just where this offense really is. I've got no confidence in either team. And I think the team that runs for more yardage wins the game if you can run for between 125 to 150 yards in this one as a team i think you're going to win it's going to be a grind for both teams and if you're a viewer of this it's going to be a grind for you too 
Yeah, look, I agree that it's going to come down to which running game can establish themselves. And Minnesota are down to their third string running back at this point in the year. So Mo Ibrahim lost early. Then they had their back out, backup go out recently. So I, they I just, just produce 100-yard rushes all over the place. I've had five this year already, so don't sweat that. I, I am sweating it. Uh, against an Iowa defense, which still deserves its respect uh i i like i were at home here so give me the hawkeyes all right interesting i think minnesota probably win this one i just don't trust i to be able to move the football in a forwards direction consistently all right let's get into the other games and we should be able to blitz through a fair bit of this but on friday north carolina at Pitt. uh want to keep an eye on this one because Pitt are scoring a lot of points this year averaging 45 points a game north carolina obviously um, ready to score big. I think the over-under on this is set at like 76 or something. Could see that getting blown out of the water, but could also see this going under randomly on a Friday night. For Miami to have a chance in the Coastal this year, I really need Pitt to lose this one. So I'm on board UNC, and it could be quite unbelievable that Miami's season is going to come down to a missed 30-yard field goal that dinged off the upright against UAV. But there you go. Um, Pitt, not an easy place to play. And last time these teams played in 2019 Pitt won by a touchdown the six games prior to that were all UNC victories so North Carolina definitely had the wood over Pat Narduzzi and this Pitt Panthers outfit Pitt are the better team on the road on a Friday night or Thursday night sorry into Friday morning probably got a lean pit in this one but hey maybe North Carolina and Sam Howe have got their groove back yeah, give me Pitt here uh, at home, traveling much better than this North Carolina team. Yes, they, they had that win last week, but uh, I, I like this Pitt side this year. I think they're probably being a little bit disrespected, had a, a bad loss early, uh, and then outside of that have been pretty good. Uh, offensively, Kenny Pickett's looking really good, so give me Pitt here uh, to, to win and win well. All right, let's get into Sunday morning football in the early slot. Number seven, Michigan at Penn State. Penn State opened as slight favorites in this one, but it has been squeezed into a pick at this particular point in time. And I don't really know why. Michigan's run game, while it's slowed in recent weeks, still leads the Big Ten, and I would lean into that. Penn State has been shredded in the past in recent weeks. CJ Stroud got a handle of them. Um, and then uh, Tugavai Lower last week also managed to put up 350 plus. So something's going wrong with the Penn State pass defense. Cade McNamara isn't overly super and he's not going to do um, to Penn State what these other quarterbacks have done. But Cornelius Johnson, the Wolverines leading wide receiver, only has 27 catches. But I think those guys hook up enough to... Get, Penn, get Michigan over the line and continue what is a pretty average Penn State team. They were average last year and they're average again this year as well. So let's not get caught up in the, you know, the, the panache, the glam, the glitz of the start of the Penn State season. Over the last month, they've been very media, mediocre, bordering on poor. So give me Michigan. The panache. I, I have... Uh Penn State at 23 in the AP poll. So that, to me, classifies this as a big game. I'm going to say that. I'm going to say Michigan against Penn State in a big game. Uh, Penn State have won five of the last six uh, when played at Beaver Stadium. So they've got that over them. And there's one thing I know about this Michigan team. 
they do not show up for big games. And I, I, I don't like them here. Give me Penn State all day to, to bounce back. You're right, they have been bad. They were bad good last year where they started terribly and then got hot towards the end. Then this year they've flipped the script and started really well and then just been pretty piss poor the last few weeks. But I think this is, this is one where they're going to sh- show out in force, uh, really try and make a statement. And they're going to be able to do it because Michigan just, this is a spot that they disappoint in. I've yeah, but, seen this script before. But what, like, where though? Like, where are you getting them? What what do Penn State have going? Like, yes, they lost to Michigan State, but that was on the back of, like, a really solid running game. Penn State don't have that. Michigan's pass defense has been, whilst not dynamic, certainly in the pass rush area, but has been solid enough. Um, I just, yeah, you know, you can lean into these kind of moments and, and, um, idea that Michigan don't show up for big games, but do Penn State like? Okay, they ran it close to Ohio State. Cool, but you also lost in nineteen overtimes to Illinois at home. Like, fucking hell. Yeah, and that was. I mean, Brandon Peters is pretty good, I guess. But, <laughs> but like, I think the Penn State defense is good. It's not. It's not. It like like. They've been getting shredded, and and we've seen that throughout the year, is that Penn State's defense, which we thought was pretty solid, hasn't been as good as what they have been in years prior. And Michigan, yes, while they got beaten by Michigan State, put up over 550 yards of offense. I I just, I'm not leaning into this stout Penn State, like this isn't your Micah Parsons defense anymore. Like It's not, but there's a lot of metrics that have them in the top 10 in the nation defensively. Give and, me one. And I think you are uh, you're kind of underrating them a little bit here. Maybe. I just don't think that defense has been that hot, that crash hot. I mean, they managed to give up 24 points or whatever it was to Iowa. Iowa stink. Like, I, I don't know. Just since I've got into Big Ten play... Penn State's defense has been disappointing. Uh, they came in hot, and ever since that Iowa loss, really disappointing. So points get they average sixteen point seven points against on the year, which is tenth, tied for tenth in the nation. Like that's mate, you're really calling me out here. <laughs> I like good. it. I like it. <laughs> I like it. Um. And like but. I do, I do agree. Like they they did start hot, and it's certainly not been the case. But like, outside of giving up thirty three to Ohio State, which you could probably excuse because they're the best offense in the country, they've they've been pretty good. They were, they only gave fourteen to Maryland last week, twenty to Illinois, but that took nine overtimes for that to be the case. Yeah, okay. But then you go twenty three to Iowa. Indiana's offense has been a disaster. Which Villanova. they shut out. Yeah, okay, but they're off. Auburn, they held to 20. Ball, less than two touchdowns. Wisconsin, less than two touchdowns. Yeah, I don't know. I just. I I don't want to labor the point. I just think that they deserve their respect. They're going to be okay. Michigan, still sketchy. Cade McNamara had one big pass play in that Michigan State game to really prop up his numbers. Outside of that, wasn't fantastic. Yes, running the ball, they've been super successful, but I think they're going to struggle to be able to do that. Give me the home team in that scenario. Uh, Give me Penn State. Okay, fair enough. Uh, I'm taking Michigan. 
which is the smart thing to do if you're taking Penn State. UCF at SMU. UCF have become a defensive team. Speaking of defense, they've conceded 24 points in their last three games. They allowed Tulane to score 10 points. SMU gave up 26 to the Green Wave. Memphis, they conceded only seven, while SMU 28. So there is a world here where the breaks remain on this SMU offense enough to win in this game. Uh, neither run game is really dominating. One by choice, which is SMU. The other through some mediocre O-line play and a new quarterback, which has sort of kept numbers in the box. But I'm taking SMU to bounce back in this one. Yeah, I tend to agree. I think UCF's uh, defensive prowess now comes from the fact that they're moving to the Big 12. They understand that that is a, like a powerhouse defensive conference. So th that's where they're starting to ratchet things up a bit. Go. You'll be able to take Penn State then, mate. Watch, watch Penn State get shredded for, I'm going to say 450 yards, like and how many 450 points? yards plus. Oh, well, you, what are you taking? If I say, if I set that, the over under at 450 yards defensively against, are you taking the over or the under? Uh, under. It's a under. Lot. It is a lot. It is a lot. Uh, okay, other games in the early time slot. Northwestern at number 21, Wisconsin. West Virginia at K-State. Syracuse at Louisville. Rutgers at Indiana. Samford visit Florida. Yeah, Florida. You get to end your three-game losing streak, maybe. Let's not give it to them. Samford, the dogs are all right. Uh, anything on any of those games, William? I do not. Uh, in the kind of earlier, less early morning times, like number one, Georgia at Tennessee. 21 points feels like a lot for a Tennessee team that feels like they're getting their act together a little bit, particularly on the offensive side of the ball. They are heating up, and I could see a lot of noise coming in for Tennessee uh, early next year. They're not quite there this year. Um, and, you know, Heupel, Josh Heupel, first-year head man, but certainly Tennessee arrow up here. Yeah, I agree. They've been surprisingly okay this year. I expected them to be a bit of a disaster, just purely through the amount of dudes that left that program. Like mm -hmm. Everyone's big import through the transfer portal seemed to have come from Tennessee, so I just assumed they had no dudes left, but that is not the case. The, the ones that stuck around appear to be real ones. Uh, this is a different ball game. Georgia, very good. I, I thought maybe this is a, a like a... A trap game for them that they might be looking ahead but they've got nothing on the schedule that fears them before that sec game so they're going to be dialed in and, and they'll continue on their merry ways purdue at the horseshoe against number five ohio state two situations here and i do believe into or i do believe in some of these things being uh real situations the letdown is a real thing now, Purdue come on the back of beating Michigan State last week, so there's a chance that they let down on the road here. But do you buy into the fact that Ohio State is just maybe not that good? Um, their showings against Nebraska last week, Penn State the week before, didn't exactly set the world on fire, and is that who they truly are? You need to make that decision for yourself. Coming back to Purdue here, though, after... after uh, they beat Ohio State in 2018, which was a big game, and you know a lot was made of that. Uh, they they went and played Michigan State the following week, and Rocky Lombardi, remember him? He threw for 300 yards and two touchdowns the week after that. What about when they went and beat Iowa this this year? Obviously, big matchup. 
Purdue then had Graham Mertz throw for 52 yards. Awesome. Um, but Aiden O'Connell threw three picks that week, and they let down against Iowa as well. So they've just coming off the back of another top five win. They let down against Ohio State. They let down against Iowa. They're like, can Jeff Brom get them ready to not let down here again? Because there's a real opportunity or there's a real chance, if history is in, informative for us here, that they do exactly that. I think they might have them a little bit ready, more ready to go this time. And, you know, they're a better team. Let's not let down. But I think they will lose. You think Purdue will lose? That's who, that's who you're saying? Yes, correct. Okay, I mean, cool. there's a lot of people saying that, like, Purdue, they're a real chance to upset again this week. But I just... <laughs> I don't see it. I also do not see it. Uh, Ohio State, I'm not going to be surprised. I, like I could put down a couple of years ago that like a, a tinge of surprise, they, they got whacked and then when the team gets momentum going, it, it's tough to, to counter that and they were up and about. They're not going to have that element of surprise, especially with two scouts already. As you mentioned, this is a massive letdown spot for them. They've, they've had two of these now this season and the main generator for both of those was David Bell having a day out. And I think this offensive, uh, sorry, this Ohio State defensive coaching staff is going to be all over that. They're going to take him away. They're going to do whatever they need to do to make sure that he's not going for over 200 yards. And in doing so, really restricting what Purdue are going to be able to put out on the field. And then on the flip side of that, They've got their own David Bells. They've got uh, Smith and Jigba, who is a superstar in his own right. I'm not sure Chris Olave's status for this one, but he's going to be one of the first receivers taken from the board. They have a guy by the name of Travian Henderson who, who make mm-hmm. both you and me quite rock hard. Uh, he's, he's a superstar. Not so. together, though. Like not not in the, at the same time. Well, well, sometimes like, at the same time, it's in like different houses, different. Yeah, buildings. correct. Like we're, we're on house we're, but, we're yeah. on video. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so look, Ohio State for me, they've got the dudes. They're not going to get caught unawares. They know they need to be perfect with that earlier loss. They're they're at home. Give me give me the Buckeyes in this to continue on their crusade. Is is this? Just before we do continue, is there a chance that Purdue's genuinely good though and Ohio State is maybe not as elite as they normally are and this is a genuine matchup between a good team and a very, very good team? Like, is that a possibility or is this just like Purdue need to kind of, all the stars need to align and that's happened twice this year. It won't happen a third time. Well, I think it's more that. And, and the reason I say that is Purdue is streaky. Like they are the definition of a streaky team where they've had some really good performances and then they've had some pretty bad ones. So yes, losing to Wisconsin and Notre Dame is nothing to be embarrassed about. They're both good programs there. Uh, Even like Minnesota, right? And that's the three losses that they've got there. But they did have them. And and the Wisconsin one, they were completely stomped out of. Uh, Notre Dame, they were never really in the running for. So I'm... I struggle to call them a good team. I'll say they're a streaky team, and on their day, they can be good. But I know Ohio State is a good team and could potentially push to be a great day a team on their day. They're an excellent team. So, like, just the the balance there, the fact that it's being played at the shoe, it, it all points to Ohio State is a smart play. Yeah, I've got, I'm actually going to bet this game, and I'll get to that a little bit later. Um, and I think you mentioned Travian Henderson. The run defense for Purdue is not good. Um, so I think, you know, that's going to have to tighten up at least a little bit. 
they held on, held off Kenneth Walker just enough, but I think Traven Henderson could really open them up with a really, really good offensive line. And then not only that, we knew that Michigan State's pass defense was susceptible. They ranked last in the country in that particular area. The defensive backfield for Ohio State, a little bit depleted from an injury perspective, but still very, very talented, and they'll be able to take more of that passing game away. All right. Let's move to Conference USA, UAB and Marshall. Two teams, both undefeated in conference. I love me some Grant Wells. I thought he was going to be an absolute freak show this year, but 11 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. He's turned the ball over way too much, um, and he's not getting as much traction. But this particular game will help give some insight into that conference and how that shapes up to finish the year uab going to want to control the clock a little more in this one run the ball um, and be relatively balanced they're one of these typical stretch zone teams that we see a lot of in the nfl and app state and louisville and those sorts of teams marshall far more up tempo use the run and the pass rashim ali put up 17 touchdowns on the ground this year that is pretty fucking good not bad um, but they are 121st in the country in giveaways, averaging over two per game at Marshall. So that probably leans into UAB a little bit here. Um, but Marshall in West Virginia, UAB on the roads, maybe give me the herd. I like it. No, I'm just happy to hear some analysis of some Group 5 football here. That's good, good stuff. Okay. Well, this one's probably going to be me as well. But Miami at Florida State, do you have any grand takeaways about this ACC battle? No, I do not. I can't say I, I even looked at it. I, I tend to, to keep my eyes on the ranked matchups here. So uh, please fill me in why your Kane's going to be able to do it against uh, the Seminoles. Uh, because Florida State just aren't very good. Like, they, their O-line is a disaster. Their offense, and it has been for years now, their offense is lacking explosive plays. Jordan Travis is the running back there and he wants to run more than he passes. Um, they don't have the elite guys on the outside. Uh, running back position's got some young guys, but nothing particularly elite. On the defensive side, the, the defensive line is pretty good. They're going to line up with four down linemen. Keir Thomas comes across from South Carolina. They've got another couple of guys that are also SEC transfers as well. Um, Johnson is another one. Uh, who's a really, really good player. And they're going to line up and just kind of bang away with those four down linemen. Linebackers aren't as good. Gainer can make plays. He's built like an absolute fucking Zeus. So he's really, really good. But their back end is a bit of a mess. Um, they don't really have any true cornerbacks. They've got a lot of safeties like that are slow playing kind of cornerback position so and i think tyler van dyke's been really really good in recent weeks he's got an opportunity to to carve this up and jared williams Zion nelson have done a good job bookending that pass protection at left and right tackle uh respectively and if they can do that again i think there's an opportunity to, for tyler van dyke to really carve up um the florida state seminoles in this one so are miami the better team talent wise yes coaching Maybe, but I uh, know, you know, all they do is play in tight games. So probably a similar situation in this one, despite the fact that we will probably come away from this or I will come away from this thinking either Miami should have won by more or Miami should have won. <laughs> so that's where we'll be. Excellent. Uh, well, a whole string of games here. So tell me if you like any of these. Boston College at Georgia Tech. Djokovic's back. Yes, he's back. I mean, yeah, maybe. That's a pick'em. 
You, you're going to bet that, obviously. You know I'm betting that. Yeah. <laughs> Duke at Virginia Tech. Don't bet that. Iowa State at Texas Tech. USC cow. Hold up. I need to get some. Fuck. I need to get a sound effect here. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> been rescheduled due to covid i've got one i'm on the board i picked that earlier in the year i think i needed like 14 or something i've got one so so the, it, the over under was at what 14 and i can't remember where it was at but we're on the board now so happy days maryland at michigan state utah at arizona anything on any of those games uh no no i do not i i like how happy you are though uh, that a game has been rescheduled. Um, <laughs> and in the late slot, obviously, you've got a whole bunch of uh, Pac-12 games. So let's hit them. Stanford at Oregon State. And you need to give me a comment on every single one of these games that we're about to talk about. Stanford at Oregon State. Two bad teams. Something. Two bad teams? Ouch. Stanford are bad. Oregon State, okay. What have they done for me lately? They've been pretty piss poor the last couple of weeks. Very disappointing from where they were a few weeks ago. Give me Chance uh, Nolan. Give me BJ Baylor. Give me that Oregon State running game. Yeah, okay. Arizona State at Washington. You love Washington. Talk to me about this. Yeah, look, th- maybe this is the one that they were supposed to do for me last week. And I'm, I'm not foolish enough to bet it again, but I had a good <laughs> fucking look at it. I had a real hard look at it. I think it will happen now that I'm not betting it. I'm, even, I'm certain it's going to happen. Washington will win and they'll look really good at home. Yeah, I don't really trust Washington. I mean, I don't trust Arizona State. I was hoping to. I really wanted to be able to trust, but Jane Daniels, uh, this could go either way. Notre Dame at Virginia. Brennan Armstrong may not play in this game. Suffered a rib injury before their bye week against BYU. Has been talked about um, very, I suppose, like very cagingly. That's not a right word. That's like you saying 30 toothy. Um, but, you know, uh, Who's their coach? Bronco Mendenhall came out and sort of was very, you know, dismissive of the media when they kept asking him about it. So, Brent Armstrong's good. The Virginia offense is good and has put up points, but I think Notre Dame probably do the job here. Uh, am I reading this right? Notre Dame have never lost to Virginia, ever. I mean, maybe not. There you go. I think uh, that continues. I don't know maybe. how much they would have played Virginia. Three times, three times. Yeah. So, not a lot. <laughs> Um, Washington State of Oregon, 14.5 point favorites of the Ducks. Man, you've got to take Washington State plus the points there, don't you? They've been better since Nick Rolovich is gone and Oregon can't cover at home. Yeah, I mean, you've got to take the points. That's three still, scores. That's three scores. It is. That's coming to 13.5 now. So two scores, but uh, <laughs> I tend to agree. I, I like the points there, but I think Oregon are good enough to win. Uh Nevada at San Diego State, Big Mountain West showdown here. A um, lot of bit, lot being made about this San Diego State punter, um, and you've mentioned him a few times, Matt Arazia. Um, really good, good operator. Nevada um, looking the goods as well. Only one loss this year. Yes, Carson Strong making his case uh, as a pro prospect. He's been really good. San Diego State have also been sneaky good, not just in the punting game. They've been very good there, but they've been a strong team themselves. I expect them to win this one and then slide themselves into the rankings this this week on the back of that effort. TCU, actually, no. No, we probably don't need to touch that game. Any other sort of games <laughs> that we need to address? Anything else? Excuse me? We're just dropping off ranked teams now. 
TCU, I've dropped multiple ranked teams off this week. I haven't mentioned Coastal Carolina. haven't mentioned BYU. None of them. Do, we, do, you want, do you want to go through all the ranked matchups? Well, Let's bring I'd, all the... Because there's like some you to fucking hit on the disasters. Alabama, number three team in the country. Haven't mentioned them. Cincinnati, number two team in the country. Haven't mentioned them. Why are we talking about Miami and Florida State then? That's a great... Because it's a rivalry <laughs> game. It's one of the great rivalry games <laughs> in college football. It was. I'll tell you what's not a good was, rivalry game. It was TCU once. at Oklahoma State. It, 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 this, this could be the future like powerhouse Big 12 struggle that we see for years to come <laughs> for the championship. I, so. I nearly took okay, Okie State here to cover, but oh. two touchdowns feels like a lot of touchdowns. It is. What I like about this one, this, this game, it's, it's late, 8, 8 p.m. kick, uh, and it's a blackout. So full up, everyone's going to be in black, going to be dark. They turn the lights off. They're just going to play glow-in-the-dark <laughs> ball. It's going to be so much fun. <laughs> Um, TCU's quarterback, can he do enough to maybe feel a little bit upsetty, like they did last week against Baylor? And Baylor's probably a better team than Oklahoma State, so you've got to be nervous. After losing to Oklahoma State? You, you're as good as the, uh, the playoff committee in putting Michigan ahead of Michigan State. <laughs> but let's not get into that. Like uh, that. Look, TCU showed last week that they're a, a respectable side. They had a good win against Baylor. Oklahoma State not going to get it their own way, but they're just going to need to lean on that defense, trust in that defense to, to get after it, and then hopefully Spence can have enough time to make the plays and, and get the win. What plays? Does he make plays? Oh, yeah, he makes plays. He makes first downs and, and lead blocks. Like last <laughs> game, looking good, getting out there in the flats, running dudes over. Boss. <laughs> That's what you want from your quarterback. I know who I want as my quarterback, CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, or the quarterback that can lead block. That's, that's where like I'm at. Like a boss. <laughs> Oklahoma State have got another loss coming before they hit Oklahoma. Who have they got next week? Who have they got after TCU? Uh, we have Texas Tech. Is it? Texas Tech. They, I reckon they lose one of those two. Because it just feels very Oklahoma Statey to just fucking nuke no, themselves. No, 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 that's not that's not true. That's not true because we already lost to Iowa State. Now we'll get our hopes up, thinking that we're really good, and, and then we'll get and then we'll get stomped out by them. That's yeah. the Oklahoma State way. <laughs> let's get to the championship draft. Uh, let's make this quick because we are running out of clock here. Yes, indeed we are. Uh, you're on the clock this week. Uh, first up, my friends. So, uh, you're picking Purdue. Straight good out one. the gate, just get good me, one. That's get good. it into me. So uh, they're obviously unranked at the moment, but are receiving votes. So they're receiving 174 votes, most amount of votes. Uh, and it's a good pick, right? Because if they are able to knock over Ohio State, then they're looking prime to jump into the rankings and really do some damage on my side because I have Ohio State, so they're currently worth $21, and I'm not going to sell them because I'm confident that they're going to win that one. But if they were to drop that, then Purdue are going to shoot up into the rankings. That would be three top five victories. They, they'd have to be talking top ten maybe. I don't know. It would be a, a cataclysmic rise up into the rankings, and Ohio State would tumble down. That would really even the scales. Uh for across the board, you are currently at 35 bucks, and I'm at $50. So that would really even things out on that. Uh, with you taking Purdue, it's a, it's a good pick. It takes the hedge away from me, the hedge option away. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to 
hold on to my pennies. I've got four bucks in the bank. But I'm going to grab San Diego State. I think they're a good team. I think they're primed to win the Mountain West. I think they, they beat uh, Nevada this week. And on the back of that, it's going to be a good enough victory that I think a couple other teams will have losses and they'll jump up in. Uh, win the Mountain West. I think teams that win their conferences will... will like even even these group of five conferences will will end up in the teens, and if I can make like a a six to ten dollars out of nothing from San Diego State from where they are now, that'd be a great result. So give me San Diego State. I've been trying to make six to ten dollars out of every single team <laughs> I picked this year, and none of them have happened except for UTSA maybe, but it's been an absolute disaster the rest of the way. Uh, all right. Let's get to our Vault Studios sure thing. I say we, we keep doing this and I'm going to keep doing this as long as I keep on dominating. So um, where are we at at the moment? Uh, I have won, what are we, 10 in? I've got Jesus. seven of 10. If, if, if anyone's ever listened to like self-gratification over the earwaves, that, that, this is it. This is someone just... This is just someone masturbating directly into your ears. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, keep less, on going. We're all enjoying uh, less it. moisture than you would normally get, but yeah, fundamentally the same thing. Uh, I'm taking Notre Dame minus four and a half. In fact, can you? Oh, you reckon you bail, like bowl seasons your time, don't you? Yeah. Exactly I'm taking right. Notre Dame minus four and a half at Virginia. Okay, and uh, who did I slot down there? Uh, you have gone with Auburn minus five and a half um, at home against whoever they're playing. Mississippi State. There we go. We got there. Like it. Like it. All right. Let's push on as we fucking struggle to close this joke of an episode out. Oh, this is as where we, we go. have our fun. This is where we have our fun. Yeah. All right. Let's hit Here it. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. All right, quick one. I got a quick question for you here in the betting world. Is there a concern that teams just kind of mail it in? Maybe not quite this week, but certainly in the weeks coming up. I'm thinking teams like Florida, like USC, maybe Arizona State, who perhaps didn't hit the goals that they were after this year. Is there a chance that they screw some lines here because they just don't really give a fuck? I mean, there's absolutely that chance, but that's part of the fun of it, all right? Like trying to predict when a team may be bombing out like that and, and when that might be at play and, and whether you can get value because of that. So I think it's it's certainly a data piece that you need to feed into your model when making your decisions. Okay. Well, why don't you take me... Data models? Whatever. Um, <laughs> take me through your shitty picks for okay. week 11. Well, 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 well. Who, who picked more winners last week? Who's I'm running more, Who's hot. picked more on the year? Oh, history, mate. No one cares. Uh, <laughs> Your bank balance cares. <laughs> it does. It really does. Um, but we're ready to turn that around. We're ready to jettison ourselves back up into the positive on the back of this week. And I'm feeling good about it. Uh, similar, similar recipe to last week. I've got three teams as uh, underdogs that I'm picking to win outright. Oh, uh, and then a, a couple of faves. So essentially what I'm saying here is I think I'm better than Vegas and I'm back in Vegas. And that has not been a great strategy <laughs> historically. But most of what I've done has not been a good strategy. So let's just <laughs> fucking throw it all up and see what happens. Uh, Coastal Carolina to win at home against Georgia State. Minus 10.5. I think Coastal Carolina, oh. a good team, can put up a lot of points. I really like them in this one uh, to, to just get I after got that it. At, 
I got that at minus nine and a half. So if you want to take that, because that was one of my five no, as well. I've put fucking money down. I don't, I don't get to choose in this fictitious well, that's world that's why you've got to get on early, dickhead. Oh, here we go. And somehow the early line always benefits you. There's something dicey going exactly, on. Exactly, because I, go, I get out in front of up. the public money, which is exactly the same, because they correct those lines. You are making it up. And if that's I'm the not. case... I mean, the, the, all the public money is on the team that you're betting on, so you're playing with some, some razor-thin margins here then, my friend. Uh, Boston College, we mentioned it. Phil Jerkovic, back in. They are a different team. Uh, I don't care that they're going on the road to Georgia Tech. These Eagles grow a leg with the jerk in the lineup, so uh, big jerker to get the win. $2.02 I was getting. Just, uh, coming, like back, just coming back to that. Uh, these differing lines here, not once yet has the the time come where my early line has hit, but your later line hasn't. And I'm really hoping that that happens at some stage. <sighs> I'm not, because it means I'm out of out of pocket, which is not <laughs> and good. And I'm out of fake pocket. And that's <laughs> not good. Uh, I, I mentioned this one as well. Arkansas minus two and a half. I have a lot of confidence in that one on the road against Ole Miss. I really think they're the better team, and they're just travelling. Well, Arkansas are not playing Ole Miss. So oh, sorry, A and M. A&M at Miss, minus two and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it feeds into the next one. I'm taking LSU over Arkansas. So LSU at home. Um, give me give me LSU there. Uh, big fan of them to get that at $2.11, I think it is, uh, to win out right there. And then NC State over Wake. Uh, on the road, $2.04, another underdog. Get at me. Uh, so... Just to recap, Boston College on the road as an underdog. Yes, I like that. NC State on the road as an underdog. Yes, I like that. <laughs> LSU as a home underdog. Give me that. Uh, and then I'm taking A&M minus two and a half and Coastal Carolina minus ten and a half. Interesting. Okay, I'm taking Coastal at minus nine and a half. Um, I'll put it at ten and a half then. No, don't worry about it. We can put that down. They win by 10. Um, I am going with... Where do I want to go? I keep going with like favourites or teams on the road, which isn't great. But I'm taking Notre Dame minus four and a half against Virginia, which we know about. I'm taking Houston minus 24 at Temple. Now, East Carolina won by 42 last week against Temple. And UCF, the week before that, won by 42 points as well. I think Houston's better than both of those teams. They're 8-1 and one and playing for their their conference every week so there's you know they're gonna dominate temple so um give me houston there uh mm-hmm. i'm gonna mm-hmm. go pit minus five and a half against unc north carolina coming off a big emotional win last week against wake forest and then you have got a thursday night game at pit that to me you just take the home team and don't even think twice about it uh, lastly, I'm taking Purdue and Ohio State, and I'm taking the under 66.5 points. I think Ohio State aren't going to score that much, and I think Purdue are going to go quiet on the back of their emotional win. I don't think this becomes a shootout. How many points was that, my friend? 66.5. Thank you. All right. Well, best of luck to your I'm fake pockets. Uh, I, don't, I, I do like uh, most of those picks. Um, um, what... If you had to scrap one for the Texas A&M one, what would it be? Uh, 
probably the Houston at Temple one. That's a big line. I don't like getting up around those points. It's a bit scary mm. for me. <laughs> okay, I'm going to stick with that one then, definitely. Um, <laughs> where, what am I sitting on at, over the year, just very quickly? Uh, so looking at your running total, I'll just bring that up. You are 32 of 54. 32 of 54. So I'm at 59%. I said if I hit 60% on the year, that I'm going to open a sports bet account. Well, look out. So I'm sitting on 59%. Dangerous. We're at, we're at dangerous times here. I might just uh, doctor these numbers to make sure you hit that 60% and then it'll just be the beginning of the end for you. And then I feel so bad when I'm at your funeral because you just turn into a degenerate who ends up gambling and selling your bottle. Yeah, exactly right. Like it all just goes downhill and then I'll I'll feel like partially responsible. (laughs) Fucking hate this segment. New Mexico at Fresno State. I love the play-in though. Like, I, I'm not a big fan of segment anymore either, but I love the play-in. <laughs> this is like your it disaster. Gets me, gets me up and about. The, the music, the, the theatrics of it all get me up and about. Uh, who did I pick here? Um, I've gone my Vanderbilt Commodores. I'm just going to keep bashing that one home. Over Kentucky. I don't think Kentucky are traveling all that well. They've dropped their last three, getting a lot of love. Yes, they're three touchdown favorites in this one, but who knows? Maybe my Commodores can pull something out, surprise, and get it done at home. There will be one. There will be one game here that someone jags the two touchdown line. Maybe not the twenty that you stated earlier in the year. There's twenty every week. I don't think there's twenty games that are over two touchdowns this (laughs) week. I'm almost certain there's not. Yeah. All right. That brings us to the end of our week eleven episode. Unless you've got anything more to add, Will. You really just won't let something go, do you? Like, I can't drop something earlier in the year and have not have that referred back to every fucking week. Mate, just wait till we hit episode 232. We are going to have See, a fucking party. That is going to be good times. Just relentless. Yeah. Don't fuck up then. It's not that hard. It really Don't is. fuck up. It is that hard, especially <laughs> after a few. <laughs> It's always after a few. All right. Uh, On behalf of that guy over there, thank you very much for joining us. Do all the usual things on various social mediums. My name's Aaron. That is Will. And we will see you next time.